Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Lucy with us here today, who's a Senior Portfolio Management Associate Analyst at Union Bank Wealth Management, and has been working in finance for over 22 years. Lucy works with individuals, family trusts, and foundations providing wealth planning, investments, risk management, and trust services. Lucy has four grown children and lives in Montecito, California. Originally from Miami and Boston, Lucy has lived in Santa Barbara for 35 years and enjoys playing viola in the SBCC Orchestra and Santa Barbara Folk Orchestra. Lucy, welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, this, I'm really excited to have this conversation because. I think that money seems to always be on people minds, people's minds. And right now it's, uh, what is the day? February, February, May 13th of 2020. So we're in the middle of the Corona pandemic crisis, COVID. There's all these different terms, but money seems to be more on people's minds than usual. There's economic uncertainty. The markets go up and down. And sometimes it seems like they go left and right even. And the byproduct of that is, is it seems like people have a lot of fear and a lot of stress maybe that comes with that. Or on the other side, people who have really positioned themselves in a good financial place seem to be able to weather the storm a little bit better. Would you mind talking a little bit about the psychology around money and maybe some of the reasons why we have the experience we have with it? Sure, of course. Um, and that you, you bring up a good point that's what we were talking about before that um, when it comes to money uh, anybody can google how to do a budget you know how do I start saving but I think it's important to talk about the emotional and psychological side of how we approach money Uh, my personal philosophy is that after health and relationships your relationship money is probably third most important aspect of your life that will affect your life, you know, over your entire life. Um, So I think it's really important to get, uh, have a good relationship with money early on. And by that, I mean um, a rational, logical um, approach to saving, to spending, um, and all aspects of money. The, The thing about it is, we are all coming from a different standpoint when it comes to our, our finances. Some people are just graduating from college and they have student loans. Some people are in the middle of their career. Um, some people are approaching retirement. Everyone's in a different spot. So it's important to customize uh, advice when it comes to finances. The one thing that all of these people can do is um, to have a savings, have, have some kind of three to six months emergency fund. And if you are, say, graduating from college, you have student loans, you don't even have a job yet, whatever money comes your way, start, start saving. I don't care where you save, in a savings account, a brokerage account, you know, in a jar in the kitchen, just start putting 10 to 15% of any kind of income away. The sooner the better. Even even 12-year-old, 15-year-old, if you, you know, babysit, whatever, get started. And what you want to do is build up um, at least a few months, preferably up to six months, 
of your of your um, fixed living expenses um, in cash in in a, in a savings account. It can be a, a brokerage savings account such as at Schwab or Fidelity or a checking account or savings account. The reason why what this does to the brain is very significant. Um, if a person knows they have some kind of safety net, and right now we're in a perfect example of the benefits of a safety net, um, you know, the backup of six months of savings, um, it releases your creative juices. It allows you to pursue your dreams, your passions. It allows you to take risks. If you are in debt, uh, you are in constant survival mode. You are a slave to your debt, basically. You have to do whatever it is job that you can't stand because you have to pay your bills on Friday. So to me, the power of having some kind of savings is very significant. Now, um, it's hard to do that when we have a lot of expenses. It's hard to do that when we have a lot of student loans. That's why I say, just go ahead and get started, no matter how small amount it is. Um, and, uh, so I, I think that the emotional side, it really empowers you as you build up that savings. Why, why is it, Lucy, that people resist that? Even though they know they should, it's, it's good common sense, it's practical, it makes sense, especially with what we're going through now. But I, I heard an interview, gosh, maybe three weeks ago, as an example, and the guy, this guy is a pretty well-known person in the entrepreneurial space. And he was talking about how his friends who run these large e-commerce sites had these, were reporting they had these big upticks in online purchases. And they couldn't explain why, and then they realized that that was kind of correlating with when stimulus money was start, starting to show up in people's pockets. Mm -hmm. And so they were hypothesizing that a lot of that uptick was coming from people who got their stimulus money and rather than putting it towards savings or putting it towards investing or something like that, they put it towards, you know, what we might deem like pleasure goods or something like that. Why is it that we, even in this face of like economic uncertainty, like many people may be feeling now, we still may feel compelled to not follow that guidance of let's put the money away. So we have that safety net. Well, that's pretty straightforward. Um, when you click something on the internet to buy or Amazon, you get that shot of dopamine. It, it, you, you feel good. I do too. I love getting a box at my front door. It's so much fun. So it's definitely the delayed gratification. Yeah. What's interesting is once your savings account starts growing or your investment account, if you do a, say a brokerage account at Schwab or something, um, I think Fidelity has waived their minimum. You can open a brokerage account, start putting, you know, 50 bucks a month in there. What's interesting is after a year or two, it is definitely delayed gratification, but you start seeing the balance of that account go up and you start getting the dopamine feeling when you log in and you see, oh, I've got $1,800 in a money market or in, in cash in my Fidelity account or my Schwab account. Wow, that feels good. Uh, sometimes you just log in every day to see your balance. It's, it's the little hit of dopamine. So um, my, my advice as far as, you know, shopping on the internet is it's so easy. Before you click, you know, ask yourself a few questions. First of all, can I wait a few days? Because sometimes that 
feeling, that rush will go away after a few days and you'll be like, oh, I really didn't need that framed picture of the Eiffel Tower for my wall after all. <laughs> Whatever it was that you had the urge to buy at the moment. You know, can I, can I wait a few days? Do I really need it? Um, can I find a substitute, but still maintain quality? I, I do believe that, you know, quality is worth the price um, in certain things. So, you know, it doesn't mean, budgeting does not mean starving yourself. It doesn't mean never get a latte. Um, I, I don't believe in that self deprivation. It's going to backfire probably. Um, we've all been through that where we've, we're good at saving for a few months and then we're just like, ah, I've had enough of this. That's the point of just the automatic savings. And if you can set it up automatically, even better. You know, if you do get a paycheck, just have 10 to 15% go automatically to your, um, and I prefer a brokerage account. Uh, and I, and I mentioned Schwab cause that's where mine is. Um, I do prefer a brokerage account simply because it's a little harder to get at than a savings account at a bank. Um, a savings account at a bank is really easy to just transfer between savings and checking. So, you know, your DMV registration bill comes and you're like, oh man, you know, I saved a thousand dollars in my savings account, but I have to pay this $200. So you just transfer the money. The brokerage, it's a little harder to get to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that little hit of dopamine. Um, that's why it's also good to prepare, think of things that you can do and enjoy that are free. I mean, right now we can't do a lot, um, but normally go hiking with friends or, you know, going to the beach. I think we've all had a big lesson with this pandemic about um, how not to spend as much money. I mean, I'm spending a lot less eating out. Um, I'm not a great cook, so I'm trying recipes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I prefer to pick up dinner, you know, six times a week myself, but now I'm having to really cook. So um, mm -hmm. I'm saving money there. There's a lot of things we're probably, all, all the things we really didn't need, um, you know, mem certain memberships or whatever, it's good to review those things. You also save on the margins. Um, people are like, well, I can't save $1,000 a month, so I'm not even going to bother. Well, there are, you can cut out a few little things and, you know, even just throwing an extra 50, hundred bucks in your savings account. What happens is your brain starts to change. You start to enjoy savings, saving. Mm -hmm. You start to enjoy looking at your savings balance. Um, and, and, and it's a, um, what's the word? Uh, you know, you, you, you pick up speed as you're going. Yeah, it's a momentum builder. Momentum builder. That's what I was trying to say. Motivation is momentum. It's momentum building. Exactly. That's a that team um, effort. Yeah, the team effort. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. Um, and it's incredible feeling. And I've been there. I've, I've been in a spot with a lot of debt, um, no job. And um, you, you are really... Uh, trapped in a survival mentality um now there's always different circumstances some people who can't work there's you know people who are in school and they can't work while they're in school or whatever but so i'm just talking in general and that's why i'm saying no matter what your situation just get started you know i really appreciate you touching on that because i found especially during this time that 
it's it's funny. I've I've been mindful most of my life about saving, putting money away, investing, and <clears throat> but I've never allowed myself to really get the dopamine hit off of it as I have during this time where when I go at the end of the month and I take all my receipts and I file them the last couple of months, seeing how few receipts I have, because there isn't the, there isn't the frivolous stuff. There's not the eating out. There's not the things. And I, I like cooking. I prefer, prefer to make my food, but you know, when I do social stuff, everybody wants to go get something, go have a social, go have happy hour. And I enjoy that, but I, I, it's funny for the last, I don't know, six or seven months, I've been very, resistant to that because I go and I'll, I'll have like a hamburger for example when I go out to eat and I'm paying $15 or some more for the hamburger that I could make for a fraction of that at home and I'd forget to put what I want on it I'd probably like it more so what I noticed is is I've started to get that dopamine hit by now it's there's this game going on in my head about how can I reduce the number of seats anymore can I like where is it that there's still some ways to chop off stuff and it's a really incredible thing to see that. So how do we, you know, for people who have maybe never played that game before, like how do they, how do they start to train themselves to be able to access that dopamine hit? Is it, is it something where they could compare like a balance sheet versus like how much they spent in January versus how much they're spending now? Is it something where you could look at like, you know, how many withdrawals you made one month versus how many you're making now? How do we start to train ourselves to look for and get that dopamine hit in a way that is producing a positive financial result for us? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I personally think it's very personal for, for to the individual. Um, I cannot stand writing down every dime I spend. I've tried that so many times, you know, I'll get my little book in my purse or on my phone, you know, whatever, latte, whatever, write it down. I get bored with that after about three days. I'm just like, I don't even want to waste the time on this anymore. Um, you know, time is valuable also. Um, so for me, it is the automatic savings. I have my 401k. I have, for my kids, I have a 529 plan. I have my uh, brokerage account. These are all set up on automatic. Not a lot goes into them, but um, at the end of the month, I do look at my statements and I do see, okay, my balance was 3,200, now it's 3,600 or whatever it is. Mm. Um, for me, that's my dopamine. Um, I, I try to assess my expenditures at the moment of spending it. So like I said, um, before I click, I ask myself, can I wait a few days? Do I need this? Can I get a lower uh, cost uh, equivalent? Um, or I write down a wish list, and instead of buying these things right away, right? I mean, we're everything's so instantaneous. You know, you need a, a, a dog leash, you can go online and buy it in two seconds. I mean, we do need a dog leash, okay? So you do have to, <laughs> you do have to buy that. But some things you can just write it down, and maybe at the end of the week look at it um, and say, oh well, wait, I really didn't need that. Uh, you know, a new coffee table. Do you really need a new coffee table right now? Maybe not. So I, I think it is to the individual, you um, had a good feeling when you had less receipts this past month because you weren't spending money out as much. So that makes you, that's what affects you. And I think everybody will be able to find what affects them. Um, 
So, um, yeah, I think, I think people know themselves well enough to realize where they, the, the main thing is just, you know, getting started and pausing on, on the expenditure, whatever it may be. With your clients that are really successful about with saving and investing, I'm wondering if you see, if you've seen in your career, common goals and common drivers of behaviors. So what that means, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, is, is there, is there seem to be kind of overarching goals or maybe a couple goals that people are the reason why they're saving the reason why they're consciously investing. And, you know, is it because they want to have financial freedom? Is it because they want to own their house? Is it they, because they want to retire and why? And the second part of that is, is if there are, do you also see maybe consistent emotions that are driving the behaviors that support achieving that goal? Uh, yeah, I think um, our successful clients are, uh, they're one, they're smart at spending. Uh, they, they're not wasteful. They're smart about how they spend. And they're also, I mean, a lot of them, you know, may have started with some kind of savings. They're also willing to take um, a risk in the sense of investments, either real estate investments, opening their own business. A lot of them have are entrepreneurial, um, very, very hardworking probably is a common theme. As far as goals, I think the goal um, for everyone really is just the financial security, um, having the freedom. I mean, financial security allows you to have freedom, um, freedom and choices. And uh, probably another um, common aspect of what I see as successful clients is long-term thinking. Very, very um, long-term thinking. I mean, 10 years goes a lot faster than anybody realizes. And I think um, our successful investors uh, keep the long-term in their mind continuously and pivot their behavior based on long-term goals. Um, if you, I mean, trading the market doesn't work. And if you think short-term, whether it's savings or your business or whatever, um, you, you make probably less wise choices than if you keep the long term in mind. So, uh, does that answer your question? I think. Yeah, and what what do you define long term as? Just so people know can understand that. Yeah, well, long term in the investment world would be um, you know a minimum of five to ten years. Of course, okay. Warren says long term is for him is forever. So. <laughs> Uh, you know that. Um, but when I think of long term personally, I think of retirement because I'm closer to that, say, than you are. So maybe 10 years. And I and I, when I do retire, um, now longevity, the IRS issues um, standard longevity tables. Um, and those are going up every year almost, um, you know, when you do retire at 65, you could very well live another 30 years. So, I mean, for a 30-year-old, my kids are all in their 20s and 30s. They're not thinking about when they're 65 years old right now. Um, but I have hounded them 
luckily. <laughs> so they've done their IRA, you know, contributions each year, or their Roth IRA is even better if you can do a Roth IRA um, for certain reasons. And uh, they do not, not enough to diminish the quality of their current life, but enough to get going on it. You know what I'm saying? So if you make 50 grand, if you're 30 years old and you're making 60 grand a year, you're not going to put 30 grand into your IRA. Sorry, that's just not going to happen. You need that money to live on. But you could put in three grand, you know, you could do that. So, um, and again, uh, a Roth IRA is very good because you can always take out your contributions with no penalty. And you can also use a certain amount for your down payment of your first house without penalty. So there's different rules for the Roth and traditional. I actually recommend both depending on your um, income situation. If you're a high income earner, you want to do the traditional IRA because you get the tax benefit now. Um, but if you do a Roth IRA, you can always withdraw your contribution amount with no penalty. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a secret savings account, actually. I like secret savings. <laughs> Lucy, I'm curious, you know, being a being in this space, but being a mom too, and, and having to make these communicate these messages to your kids and going up against the resistance of being the mom communicating the message, which usually gets the oh, you know, mom, whatever, right? Yep. <laughs> what messaging have you found to be most effective to get your kids to get the importance of this? Because I'm continually amazed by how many of people who I know, people who I've grown up with, who aren't doing some of these things, who aren't making that discipline, who aren't even doing like the small little things and how like unprepared they are and rather they take income and they just, they think of it, they have it, they're supposed to spend it. So what was the messaging? Like, was there key things that you really hit home with, with your kids where they finally got it? And what was the point has, or maybe have you even reached it with them where it's become habit enough for them where they're, they're appreciating the benefit of it now? Yeah, that pretty much hits it. I mean, because I'm, because I'm in the financial services business, um, my kids grew up, it was almost like, uh, like a rule like a house rule, like, you know, washing your dish after you had dinner. The, the minute any of my kids had income, whether it was babysitting or, you know, mowing lawns or whatever, I told them they need, you know, save early, save often is our ma mantra in our house. Save early, save often. Um, I basically said, okay, so what's 10%? So you may, you got to check for $30. What's 10% of that? And then I would, I would do it with them, you know, oh, they figured it out, $3. I'm like, okay, we're going to put that in your savings account at the bank. Um, they ne I don't think they knew any different. They didn't know any different. So it is a habit with them. Um, it, it does take a little time to get in the habit. But once you do, or once my kids did, um, they, uh, you know, it, it, it's not difficult because it is a habit. Um, as far as, you know, growing up without that message, that's probably how I grew up. I, and that's probably why I'm very passionate about it because I kind of hit, you know, my thirties with kids and I didn't have a lot of savings and I didn't really have that message. So um, it's just a matter of getting started and getting, and that's why I 
am very um, passionate about getting started small because it can get started small. You know, I don't care how small. Um, my youngest daughter has a um, Acorns, and there's also there's these apps, Acorns and Stash, um, and I forgot what the other one is. But she does Acorns, and it like rounds up the change when she purchases something, and it goes into her Acorns account. Mm. And when the market went down, she called me and she's like, "Mom, should I?" She has like I don't know. $400 in her acorns account or something like that. She said, should I get out in you know, the markets going down? Cause it acorns lets you choose investments to go into. Um, and I said, no, I said, no, right now is the time to continue. You know, when markets fluctuate, just keep, keep with the discipline. But, um, but yeah, for parents, I think if they just get started probably around 11, 12, 13, is the age. One thing I do recommend also for parents is do not wait, and I saw this many, many times, do not wait until June of your child's senior year in high school to open a checking and savings and get them an ATM debit card because they're going to college in the fall. We see parents do that so much. Um, it's, it's, it's a great intention, but do it when they're sophomores in high school. Do it, you know, do it when they're freshmen in high school. Let them learn how to handle a checking, savings, an ATM debit card, um, and just by practicing it earlier. And then when they go to college, they'll be, you know, two years ahead of the new college freshmen who, this is the first time they've had any. We have saw so many college freshmen with ATM debit cards thinking it was a credit card, and then mm. overdraft their account because they thought it was a credit card. So, I mean, just, you know, get, I think 14, 15 is a perfect age to get kids started on all this. The minute your kids have W-2 income, open a Roth IRA for them. Mm. Go to Schwab, go to Fidelity, open a Roth IRA for them. Even if they just put $100 in it, just get it open, get it started. For the seasoned investor, see someone who's been doing the savings, been playing in the market, what is a way that they could what would be the next level for them to look like? How could they better that aspect of what they're doing? Uh, for someone who's already investing? Well, we here, here um, at my company, we emphasize asset allocation. So a balanced portfolio would have, you know, 55% in equities, 25% in fixed income, 10% in cash. Um, if you get to that point, you start um, thinking about, and that's where the long-term thinking comes in, you know, long-term thinking uh, about um, maintaining your accounts or your balances and a, more of a slow growth process. Uh, you know, a 6% return annualized every year, 6% return is very, very good. Uh, don't shoot for the moon that, you know, if you put all your money in one stock, you're at, it's called a concentration, you're at a much greater risk of, you know, losing it. So more of spread, diversifying, spreading out your investments into different, different types of investments, different sectors uh, within the equities, you know, healthcare versus um, energy. I mean, energy is way down right now, but you want to be diversified. So because it's when one's up, the other one's down, and vice versa. Um, 
always keeping that 10% in cash, always having a little bit of cash on the side. Lucy, we just have time for one more question. Where do you feel the biggest opportunity is right now for people when it comes to saving and investing? Uh, well, this whole pandemic, um, that's where the long-term thinking is so important. Um, we are in, in an unprecedented situation. We all know that. Um, you know, we've gone through 9-11. I'm old enough. I went through Vietnam, you know, Nixon, Watergate, you know, the Iraq war. We've been through so much. We haven't been through anything like this. Um, but if you think long term, where are we going to be in 10 years? Ask ourselves that. Where are we going to be in 10 years? Uh, I'm hoping and counting on we're not going to be in this situation in 10 years. I mean, the only guarantee in life is that life is going to change. You're going to have surprises. Sorry, that's just the way it is. Um, we cannot predict, we, we cannot depend on our predictions. Um, you know, best laid plans of mice and men. We can prepare and prepare, but life is gonna throw um, curveballs at us. Um, right now we're in the middle of something unprecedented and um, we should not lose focus on our long-term savings. As far as investments go, that's why we recommend quality companies with low debt, uh, a decent dividend if you're older. If you're younger, you, can, you have time, you can invest in more of the technology sector like Google, Amazon, Apple. Uh, Apple actually pays about a 1% dividend, so that's a good company. Um, so as far as investments go, stick with the diversified plan. Keep keep your you know cash savings going up. Stick with the plan. Basically, I mean it's very it's it's really hard. A lot of people are out of work right now, so they don't even have an income, or maybe they're applying for unemployment. Some people have gotten the stimulus uh, money. Um, actually, my sister called me and got her twelve hundred dollars and said, "What should I do with it?" I said, "Use eight hundred dollars to pay down your debt." Um, put $200 aside for your medical bills because she has some medical bills and the other 200, just put it in your checking account for daily household bills. So, mm. you know, if you do get some stimulus money, split it up, use the chunk of it to pay some debt down if you have it. Um, but if you have time on your hands, you know, keep working on your skills, keep up with your connections, your relationships, I mean, you all want to hibernate a day or two. That's fine. Sit on the couch, eat your bonbons for a day or two. But then, you know, get off your ass, go take a shower and make some phone calls, make some Zoom calls. Um, my other daughter teaches Pilates. I've done the Zoom Pilates, um, which is really hard, actually. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is a time to reassess your life. Um, I saw this thing on Instagram and said, embrace the detour. You know, mm. this is a detour, but um, you, it'll be okay. It'll work out. We just have to keep on trying. Don't ever stop trying. I love that. Everyone, my goodness, are you going to want to rewatch, re-listen, and take some notes, whether you are the seasoned investor or just getting started. There is so much sage-like wisdom in here for you. If you're the seasoned investor looking at ways to diversify, to not 
be too heavy and one side. If you're just getting started, just the fact of just getting started, recognizing that $10 or $50, while it may not seem significant right now, what is significant is it begins to build out the habit and the habits, what you'll really be able to hang your head hat on over time in terms of wealth building, wealth accumulation. Understanding that there's a psychological thing that happens with your brain when you actually start to do this and you realize that you have some financial security, that you're not always going to be in that fight or flight wondering, how am I going to make rent? How am I going to make my mortgage? How am I going to make this payment? How am I going to make that payment? But instead you have choice and the new game becomes, how can I cut costs? How can I save a little bit more? How can I get that number to go up a little bit higher this next month? It is a much more fun game to play than watching everything go in the red. Parents, starting your kids young, not waiting until they're ready to go to college to get their first credit card, their first checking account, or anything like that. Start them young, 14, 15. As soon as they're old enough to get W-2 money, get them in a path of investing and saving. Learning how to do that right away. And I love that even in the idea of getting the stimulus check, which many of us are getting right now, to not rush to a split decision and use all that money for one thing, but to do the same practice, practice the same habit Lucy's been advocating this whole time. Take some of it to pay down debt, put some of it in an emergency account for medical, and put some in your checking account. Pay yourself so you have that money on hand, have cash on hand. Looking long-term, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to consider in this instant gratification culture we live in where we can push a button and boxes show up on our doorstep. But recognize that if you're willing to sacrifice, asking yourself those key questions, do I need it? Is there a better alternative? Do I have to have it right now? That if you're willing to ask yourself those questions and delay your gratification a little bit, in five to 10 more years from now, if you start implementing these habits that Lucy shared, you'll be able to wake up one day and have a hell of a lot more boxes on your doorstep than the ones you'll be able to afford today. <laughs> Lucy, this has been absolutely incredible and so very helpful. I'm so grateful you took the time to share. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. We will see you next time, everyone, on another edition of A Handful of Hope. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to